Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Well, we have traded the Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner. I, I don't know whether it's fair trade. Now, my buddy Neil tells me that uh, Griner has a uh, averages a, a pretty good game in the WNBA, and, and Bout has gotten old and fat and hadn't really done much in years, so maybe that's the case. I, I don't know. Um, I just, it doesn't seem like a fair trade to me. Uh, Brittany Griner is obviously the most famous WNBA player because she's the one uh, that people know because nobody pays attention to the WNBA. I mean, even the people who tell you you must pay attention to the WNBA don't pay attention to the WNBA, because if they paid attention to the WNBA, they would actually have ratings, and they don't have ratings. Nobody knows about this. This is one of the, the, the I mean, it, it really is, if we're honest about it, the WNBA is a punchline for comedians. Bill Burr, the comedian, did a Netflix stand-up routine out in Colorado at Red Rock and made the WNBA the butt of jokes, and some people got mad at him, and there weren't enough to cancel him. I mean, we've got random cancel culture now where you say the slightest insult to anyone, you get canceled, but you can trash talk the WNBA, and there aren't enough people to care to even try to cancel you. They have a team in Atlanta. Um, I know uh, former Senator Kelly Loeffler had been an investor in the team. Um, 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 Atlanta WNBA team. Um, the dream, the dream, the Atlanta, the team, the dream. Okay, yes, all right. I knew it was something there. The, yes, the Atlanta dream team. They they play um, Eastern Conference in the WNBA. Okay. They play at the, the Gateway Arena Center where the, the Gateway, they don't even play it. They don't even play at the State Farm Arena. What is this? That's a tiny facility. The gateway says that they got them at the airport. They're the airport team. Only 5,000 seats. Really? This is intriguing now. Um, I, I'm Look, I'm learning something. You people stop. You got the uh, you you've got um you've got the uh huh yes my goodness great I, I I'm sorry it's, it's nobody cares clearly uh, and yet uh, the people who most passionately do also don't watch and we have traded a WNBA star for the man known as the Merchant of Death who is the Merchant of Death Victor Bouts is his name. The Russian businessman who speaks six languages, according to CNN, was arrested in a sting operation in 2008 
by U.S. drug enforcement agents in Thailand posing as the revolutionary armed forces of Colombia known as FARC. He was extradited to the U.S. in 2010 after a protracted legal fight. He's an international arms trafficker, enemy number one for many years, arming some of the most violent conflicts around the globe. Bout's history and arms trade extended much further afield. He's been accused of assembling a fleet of cargo ships to traffic military-grade weapons to conflict zones, fueling bloody conflicts from Liberia to Sierra Leone and Afghanistan. Allegations of trafficking activities in Liberia prompted the U.S. to freeze his American assets in 2004. He's maintained his operations are legitimate business, but they are not. He was a Soviet officer, most likely a lieutenant, who simply saw the opportunities presented by three factors that came with the collapse of the USSR. He's also uh, a friend of Vladimir Putin, and he is headed home to the Kremlin. In exchange, we'll get Brittany Griner. We will not get Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan is the Marine who uh, we're not exactly sure exactly what he was doing there. Paul Whelan was working for a private business but appeared to also potentially be doing work for the government, the U.S. government. We don't get him back. We get the WNBA star, the only WNBA star, NBA star anyone has ever heard of. Um, I, I, I suspect this is disproportionate, uh, and I've got friends who defend the trade saying, uh, the merchant of death is now very old. Does it really matter though? Does it really matter? It seems like we didn't get a fair trade. I mean, if this was a sports team trade and I'm not good on these sports analogies per se, but, um, I don't know doesn't seem to be a very good sports trade. Doesn't seem to be a very good international relations trade. And you notice there's a larger point here. The Biden administration waited until after the election to trade the merchant of death for Brittany Griner. They didn't want to do it before the election because it's kind of an admission against interest that it's not going to play well with the American public. When you trade the merchant of death who supplied the arms for violent struggles around the world for dozens of years, inflaming tension so that he could profit for a WNBA star who was dumb enough to have marijuana on her in Russia. It seems disproportionate. The fact that they didn't do it before the election kind of is an admission against interest. It is disproportionate, but they wanted to do it. And, and people are out today essentially saying you got uh, what Randy Weingarten of the American Federation of Teachers or whatever saying she's gay and she's black and this is a big deal as opposed to just congratulations um, because she checks the intersectional boxes. Never mind who's being traded. It's good that she's out of there. And by the way, I don't wish her ill. I'm glad she gets to come home to her family now. And I suspect she'll be smart enough not to go back to Russia again. It was, frankly, an abomination that Russia did this. She was, in fact, treated poorly. However, she did something dumb that allowed herself to be treated in that way. There are plenty of other Americans 
who have been in and out of Russia who weren't doing anything. Even Paul Whelan, um, the allegation is that he was spying for the United States or some such. He had a USB drive and a lot of cash on him. And certainly we should be working to get him out of there. Whatever he was doing, it was in our interest, assuming it was something for us as opposed to a, some big mix-up. But I just, I, this one is disproportionate. I think you do have to acknowledge the disproportionateness of the trade and that they waited until after the election to be able to do it. I wonder what else they're going to wait and do after the election. Now that the election is over, what will the Biden administration do that they would not do before the election? You know, one of those things, they're now agitating to bring masks back. I was one of the people originally who said we should trust them on the mask data. And there actually was some evidence at the time, but over time, the virus clearly has evolved, not just in variants, but in the survivability of smaller particulate that passes through the masks. Even now, an N95 mask potentially isn't the best fit to be able to take care of, of the COVID virus. And yet the CDC is moving back towards wanting mask mandates. So let's just take these things. You have the CDC now that the election is over suggesting it may be time to bring back mask mandates. And you have additionally the Biden administration taking the merchant of death and sending him to Russia for an NBA star. It really does seem that now that the election is over, the Senate is securely in the hands of the Democrats. All of the itch scratching they needed to do for progressives is going to come full force. And the only thing that will stop them is aggressive investigations by House Republicans who really can't do much to stop them other than ask questions and summon people to Capitol Hill. I have a sneaking suspicion that what we're going to see is a total misreading of the election. We're going to see the Democrats interpret the election as a rejection of Republicans as a whole, as a rejection of the Republican uh, opposition to critical race theory, as a, re as a rejection of the Republican concerns about drag queen story hour, as a rejection of the Republicans' con cultural concerns and economic concerns. Because the Republicans who backed Trump were rejected, they will take it as a rejection of all things Republican, all things conservative, and they will run with gusto further to the left, which will be their undoing. Because if you actually pay attention to what happened in the midterm elections, voters voted Republican. Actually, Republicans turned out. We'll get into this data. There's data to show Republicans actually did turn out pretty significantly. They just rejected the crazy. As I have been telling you after the election, the data was very clear. Republicans would have had a blowout election had they had better candidates who were not tied to election denialism. Every Republican candidate who rejected election denialism and was not tarred and feather as being a Donald Trump clone won. Georgia is a model of how to move forward in a swing state. Every Republican won statewide. The Republicans got the majority of the vote cast for congressional races, state house races, and state Senate races. The only people who were tied to Trump that lost were, well, Herschel Walker, and also every Republican he endorsed in the state lost the Republican primary. And the state now has reelected a Republican conservative governor named Brian Kemp, who's probably the front runner in 2026 for that Senate seat held by John Ossoff if he chooses to do it. And they didn't reject their principles. They didn't reject their values. They rejected the lies of a stolen election. They rejected Donald Trump.
and they won. And they will give the public many of the policies Donald Trump advocated for. They will get those policies. And the voters clearly like those policies. They just didn't like him and the people tied to him. So now the Democrats, however, are going to run with gusto towards doing all the things progressives want. You probably will see the police defunded now. You probably will see them let people out of prison who shouldn't be let out of prison. We're trading a merchant of death for a WNBA star people only know because she got captured by the Russians, not because of her acumen on the course or on the on the in the arena floor. The Democrats risk overplaying their hand. Both parties always tend to overplay their hands. Republicans clearly overplayed their hands and were rejected by their own voters for doing so this past November. It's probably time for the Democrats to overplay their hand. And I would submit to you that suddenly agitating again about masks and trading a merchant of death for a WNBA star with Russia are signals the Democratic overplaying of their hand is beginning. It is a disproportionate trade to trade a global arms dealer known for provoking and exacerbating wars around the world for profit for a WNBA star dumb enough to have marijuana with her in Russia when everybody should know better than to do that. feel bad for her. I'm glad she's free, but I'm not sure it's worth freeing her to free a man who literally profited from, funded, and provided the arms to people around the globe for years to murder each other. But it's happened. A friend of mine and I were discussing bowl and branch sheets the other night when he was sitting on the front porch with me, and he didn't believe that they got softer and softer every time you wash them. His wife was not convinced at all. She figured it was all marketing hype. Now she wants bowl and branch sheets for all of their beds at home. Why? Because they really do get softer every time you wash them. They're free of toxins, pesticides, harsh chemicals at every step of the process. They're the finest 100% organic cotton on earth. They're made by artisans who earn the pay and the respect they deserve and right now you can bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with bowl and branch bedding their signature sheets even come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box it's going to look good it's going to feel great for a limited time get 20 percent off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code eric at bowlandbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k at bowlandbranch.com my buddy Eric, who sadly misses the K at the end of his name, just texted me and he said it is somewhat ironic after all the screaming and complaining about gun control and the need for gun control in this country and the need for assault weapons bans and the like. The Biden administration is releasing an arms merchant from prison for the WNBA star. Yes, there is some level of irony there that we will... Uh, let the Democrats campaign on gun control while releasing an arms dealer called the Merchant of Death from prison so they get the PR of the WNBA star announced on the day the the Congress uh, signs the gay marriage bill. All the, the messaging and timing there for them and that, uh, it, it's, it's, it's all part of the package for them. Well, I, I didn't realize that no labels is around. Still, there is a centrist group. Now, what a centrist group tends to be are uh, socially liberal people who don't like social conservatives, 
with a few social conservatives tucked in the mix to um, deny the claim, with some fiscally conservative people who don't want their taxes to to do anything. Uh, No Labels is one of those groups. Uh, Its founder and CEO, Nancy Jacobson, has enlisted uh, major donors and sought support from political allies and they want to fund and do some sort of third-party effort, it seems, no labels. It, it uh, eschews the partisanship of Washington, D.C. for the greater good. Turns out it was a toxic working environment. Among the allegations of people who worked there, lingering discord over the decision to hire and ally with individuals who left prior jobs under allegations they'd sexually harassed women, Two former staffers said they witnessed one of the organization's few black employees singled out to discuss race issues after at a staff meeting. At least three ex-aides sought remuneration from the group over the nature of their termination in the past two years. Two female staffers recalled management telling female employees to dress more conservatively after a colleague was improperly touched by a male member of Congress at a No Labels event. Staffers are bombarded with emails and demands by Jacobson. They come at all hours of the day and night, sometimes with odd requests, such as changing an employer listed on their LinkedIn profiles to America to throw off a journalist trying to locate them. The internal environment of no labels is a hostile one, which is clear by the fact that no one stays there very long, says Katie Young, who worked as deputy director of field operations at No Labels from 2019 to 2020. Now an operative for the Republican Party, she said she left amicably. You either agree blindly to everything the CEO wants or they get rid of you. you I, I got to say, part of the problem with third parties in the United States is they tend to be even worse cults of personality than the Democrats and Republicans. You look at the Reform Party rise and collapse, it had everything to do with getting Ross Perot on the ballot in the 90s. When Ross Perot went away and, and stopped sending them money, the whole thing collapsed. Here you've got a major fundraiser in D.C., Nancy Jacobson, uh, one of the most successful fundraisers in Washington. And she has turned this into a group uh, where she can... Um, connect with people and try to build some level of uh, bipartisanship transcendence and stuff, and it's not going well. Um, These efforts never seem to work. Third parties are not going to work in the United States. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hi there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I am always happy to have you. Um, 
programming note for you guys. Obviously, I'm here this week. I'm here next week. Uh, I'm going to take some days off around Christmas. But on December 23rd, which is the Friday before Christmas, I will do the annual Christmas show. And those of you who have uh, stations that rerun the show on the weekend, you will get that Christmas show. I've got some great interviews lined up uh, with the new uh, president of the Southern Baptist Convention, with my friend Derek Thomas, um, my seminary professor. I have found an intriguing Catholic priest to interview. Um, trying to, to lock down. He's having scheduling problems, but I'm hoping to get him. Uh, and just the, the standard Christmas stuff. While I'm out, I will be back, uh, as always, there right before Christmas to talk to you about that uh, and the, the actual meaning of the season. I'm ready to get out of politics mode and into the holiday season mode. I do have my tree up, finally. I got some decorations to hang. We got to put the ornaments on the tree, but otherwise we're good to go at the Erickson house. Now, got to move, move on. There is actually some intriguing news the united states senate passed the ndaa last night that is the um national defense authorization act and in the deals and the uh various negotiations between the house and the senate over how to shape it they have ended the covid vaccine mandate for the military 98% of active duty service members got the COVID vaccine, but around 8,000 of them have been booted out of the service for refusal to get it. And Republicans make a persuasive case. There is data to show that the uh, COVID vaccine mandate deterred some people from wanting to sign up. 8,000 were booted. And uh, Republican senators push to end the vaccine mandate. It should, is expected to uh, be kept in place, this ban on the vaccine mandate by the U.S. House. We will see. Um, it is to fund the military. Lawmakers in the House and Senate, this is from uh, what, Stars and Stripes? Lawmakers in the House and Senate negotiated a $45 billion overall increase to the bill to account for inflation and additional expenses, matching the budget hike proposed by the Senate Armed Services Committee in a vote in June. Um, They are also going to boost pay for members of the military. A 4.6% pay increase for troops in the Defense Department's civilian employees is included in the final version of the legislation, making the largest department-wide raises in 20 years, it takes effect January 1st. Other provisions for troops include wider eligibility for the military's basic needs allowance for low-income service members, a new pilot program to reimburse families for child care costs related to a permanent change of station, extra aid for children with severe disabilities, and more flexible in-housing allowances for high-cost areas. Congress also wants the Pentagon to report on the rate of suicide in the military since January or since September 11, 2001, breaking down rates by occupation, specialty, service, and grade. Service members stationed in Alaska, a focal point of the military suicide crisis, will get special duty pay for cold weather climate conditions and airfare reimbursement for trips home. The legislation authorizes the number of troops at 452,000 for the Army, 354,000 for the Navy, 325,344 for the Air Force, 1,700 or 177,000 for the Marines and 8,600 for the Space Force. A provision requiring women to register for, for the draft was killed. Good. 
that's a win. Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma was the champion in the Senate of getting rid of the women draft legislation. Uh, So the female draft will not be uh, in the final piece of legislation, nor will the vaccine mandate. All of this is good. This is progress. And it showed the Republicans sticking together, making demands in the Senate in particular, were able to get some key concessions from the Democrats, including these things. I, we should not still be talking about COVID. We have to because it is in the news and there are some deeply relevant stories here. Duke University has denied a kidney transplant to a 14-year-old who refused to get the COVID vaccine. Yulia Hicks is a rescued orphan from Ukraine. She was adopted by a family in North Carolina after she came to the U.S. fleeing Ukraine. The Hicks family has not given her the COVID vaccine. She has a genetic kidney disorder. And the hospital said they won't give her a kidney transplant, which she badly needs because she doesn't have the COVID vaccine. Here's the thing. The COVID vaccine doesn't work. At least it doesn't work to keep people from getting COVID. It can keep people from getting serious symptoms. And yeah, there are people with myocarditis. Some of that is overplayed by people on the internet and conspiracy theorists, but it's also real fallout. There is data. There are concerns. Everyone in my house, I will tell you, has had the COVID vaccine. None of us have had health problems because of the COVID vaccine. My wife was able to beat COVID twice with minimal symptoms, despite having uh, stage four lung cancer after getting the COVID vaccine. I'm glad she got it. We're playing with hypotheticals as to what she would have happened uh, had she not gotten it. But I will tell you, the side effects from the COVID vaccine were worse for her than what she actually got from COVID. And her doctor tells her he has belief and there is enough evidence to presume that the COVID she would have gotten without the vaccine would have been worse than the side effects. We're taking him at his word. He's a specialist. He knows what he's doing. Concurrently, though, if you heard me, I said my wife has had COVID twice since she was vaccinated and boosted and all of that. The COVID vaccine was originally sold to all of us as you get it, COVID goes away. Now the CDC is back on. Maybe we need masks again. Maybe we need another mask mandate. I still see people traveling with masks. I, it's it's kind of the most bizarre thing. Now I've noticed when I go to the grocery store, there are two groups of people who wear masks more than any other, more than the elderly or any other class. Uh, it is the black population and the hyper-progressive white people population. The black population, particularly here in Georgia, I understand their concerns about COVID. Um, The black community has been ravaged by COVID, particularly where I live and south of me. Uh, There are a whole lot of families who lost a lot of loved ones in the black community because of COVID. And taking precautions in that community, I, I think it's smart. 
I don't, I don't fault them. And by the way, I don't fault the progressives for doing it either. I just find it notable that uh, there is real reason, I think, in the black community to be deeply concerned about not just COVID, but quality of care related to COVID. And so there are people who are taking many more precautions. But I do find that like the, the very clearly white liberal 20-something wearing his N95 mask at the grocery store, who's clearly healthy and should have a problem um, and is probably going to get it anyway. I just, I, I find the whole thing funny. I even yesterday passed someone who was wearing a mask in their car by themselves. It is their choice. I find it funny. I note uh, the last several times I've flown in the last couple of months, there have been fewer and fewer people wearing masks. I think when I flew, um, where did I go the other day? Where was I? Went to Washington. Went up to Washington in the morning and came back. It was a day trip on the way there and on the way back. I I don't know that I saw enough people to cover all of my fingers who wore masks. And I'm sure there were others people I didn't see, but it, not a lot. It, it's kind of amazing to me the CDC is now back to this. But also it's amazing to me that Duke University's medical center doesn't want to give a kidney transplant to a Ukrainian refugee because the Ukrainian refugee doesn't have the COVID vaccine. There's a level of heartlessness in our society these days. And, you know, there's a heartlessness in the Biden administration deciding to fire a bunch of soldiers at a time we need soldiers because they didn't want to get the COVID vaccine that doesn't keep them from getting COVID. The entire purpose of the COVID vaccine was to stop the spread of COVID, and it clearly has failed at that. Yes, again, for many, many people, it has minimized their illness, and that's a good thing. But also, a 14-year-old probably isn't going to get a terrible COVID condition. This is a 14-year-old from a war-torn nation whose family got killed in Ukraine. She has fled Ukraine to the United States, and she meets in the United States the Duke University progressives who say, I'm sorry you lost your family and your nation. Unless you get this vaccine, you're going to die here. What a truly bizarre situation. Duke University's Catherine Thomas told the adoptive mother, Christy Hicks, that, quote, we can't require you to do anything, but we can deny you because you are not following our recommendations, not mandates, recommendations. There's just a level of cold, cruel callousness in people these days. And it more and more is clear that though the COVID vaccine has failed to do anything, to keep us from spreading COVID, it is used by the left to control and conform people to their will. You know, I've got a concern. I've got a concern, and I'll spend more time with this later. But I have a concern that people on the right are beginning to take on one of the worst behaviors of the left. One of the worst behaviors of the left is the policy setting of 20 and 30-somethings who have never lived life. A while back, I put up a video on Instagram that went viral about Stacey Abrams saying that abortion is actually an inflation issue for families, and it's an economic issue for families. And I said, based on her own logic, she should shut the hell up because she doesn't have a family and can't relate. 
and people took it. I don't know how you think you can say this because you're not a woman. If you don't think Stacey Abrams can talk about families because she doesn't have a family, then they missed my point entirely. Stacey Abrams' position is unless you walk in someone's shoes and are of that demographic, you can't speak of that demographic. I reject that idea. I, as a white man, should be able to talk about problems in the black community. You, as a civilian, should be able to talk about things in the military. You, as someone, or you as someone who's in the north, should be able to talk about things in the south. You, as someone of faith, should be able to talk about things among atheists, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have to tell you, it's a terrible idea for us to proceed as a country listening to unaccomplished 20 and 30-somethings with rich parents who decided to set public policy for the rest of us. When you have no lived experience at ever to try to tell people who have lived experience, it comes across as presumptuous. It comes across as bad. And I think at the same time, we see this in our healthcare policy now. We have a bunch of unaccomplished people who did get great credentials and practice medicine, telling the rest of America how they must live their best life now by doing things that don't actually work but allows those people to exercise some level of control over our lives. The technocrats and the nanny statists want to control our lives, want us to conform in a way, and it doesn't matter if it does no good. They expect us to conform, and they in North Carolina at Duke University are willing to allow a 14-year-old refugee from a war-torn country whose parents got killed to die unless she gets the vaccine that actually will not keep her from getting COVID. What have we become as a country? Now, let me move off that. It's making my blood pressure go up. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm can't make your blood pressure go down, but it can actually, well, get rid of the bad, stinky air in your house. The the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is in Odor Eliminator. Now, it, it listen, I got to tell you, because I've gotten some emails from people, do I use it as an air purifier? I don't actually let it run in my house as an air purifier. What I do use it for is when I travel, as I've said, I have been in cars that are, well, they smell. They smell like skunks or tobacco odors. And I got to fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to wipe out the odors because, you know, I travel to Baton Rouge sometimes to see my parents to get a rental car. I take the late flight when I'm there. Rental car company's closed. There's no way to get a different car. So I got to take the car they want. And inevitably, it stinks. And so I can take a USB cord, plug the Eden Pure Thunderstorm up in the car, and then just wait a few minutes and it just wipes out the odors for me. It, it, it works brilliantly. I keep one with me when I travel, particularly for those situations, and you can get three of them for less than $200 for your upstairs, for your downstairs, for your RV, for your suitcase, whatever you want. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. You get three of them for less than $200. They fit in the palm of your hand. They're easy to travel with. You can keep one around the house if you're frying in the kitchen, if you've got a litter box that stinks, pet odors, smoke odors, you name it. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. I sure hope you'll consider subscribing to the email by texting DATA to 33777, getting the show notes, uh, all the clips, and all the links of the stories I'm talking about today. You can find there in the show notes email, including the one from Duke. I, 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 gotta, I just got to say I am... I am disturbed by the comply or die attitude in a lot of medicine these days. If you're just tuning in, a 14-year-old girl whose parents were killed in Ukraine, 
who sought refuge in the United States and has been adopted into the United States by a family in North Carolina needs a kidney transplant. According to Life News, Duke University will not provide her the kidney transplant because she's not vaccinated from COVID. Comply or die is bad medicine. I understand there are going to be people listening right now who say she should get the COVID vaccine. But if she or her adopted parents don't want her to have it, whatever the reason, when we know that the vaccine does not stop COVID, should her refusal or her parents' refusal to give her the vaccine be a death sentence for her? She needs a kidney transplant. According to Life News, which is a reputable news source, according to the parents, the university is essentially saying comply with us or else, and that amounts to comply or die. And I think it's really bad medicine. So many people have embraced the COVID vaccine, but not only that, they've sought to stigmatize those who don't want it. All of my family has the COVID vaccine. And I'm glad we do for my wife's sake. I don't care whether you do or not. But the fact that hospitals are willing to deny care if you don't get it is really abominable. Particularly in a situation here where this girl is orphaned in Ukraine and must flee the war-torn country, is adopted by a Christian family in North Carolina that has not given her the COVID vaccine and she needs a kidney transplant and the hospital says, we won't work with you unless you do this thing that you don't want to do. I, that, that doesn't sound like medicine to me. That sounds like cruelty. I thought we as Americans were better than this, that we could live and let live. It really is remarkable to me. I think that a lot of the right and a lot of the left together now just don't understand that Americans just want to be left the hell alone. They want to be able to live their life as they see fit. They don't want the nanny state imposing on them in ways. You know, the COVID vaccine is fundamentally different from the MMR vaccine in that um, you either get or you do not get measles, mumps, and rubella, depending on whether or not you've had the vaccine. With the COVID vaccine, you're still going to get it if you get if you get it with rare exception. To, I, to my knowledge, I'm one of the very few people I know who I don't think I've had COVID. And if I've had it, I've been asymptomatic because I've never had the symptoms. So I don't know. But comply or die does not sound like good medicine or compassion.